0: All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, participate in the conversation by commenting or upvoting the video itself. Also, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That is why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash-locked-on. College terms and conditions apply. I'm here with John Garcia. We're going to get back into recruiting now that all this Lane Kiffin stuff has died down. John, how you doing, bud?
1: I'm doing well, Stephen. Yeah, it's um, it's obviously a busy time, and yeah, a lot of it has to do with what doesn't happen, just as much as as what we actually see happening. So it's it's the silly season for a reason.
0: Okay, before we get started on the Ole Miss stuff, I'm just going off of what hat you're wearing right now. Trent Dilfer to UAB, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, yeah uh, phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, a guy who's who's got a ton of cachet nationally at the quarterback position has helped build the Elite 11 into kind of the premier quarterbacking event, but then he's also supplemented it with a ton of coaching experience really all over the map, including most recently at Lipscomb Academy, Trent is very insightful, he's confident, um, and he's self-aware, which I think is an underrated trait for coaches, he knows where his weaknesses are, so with that and his network, I would imagine he builds a pretty interesting staff at UAB, which a lot of folks have always felt like is kind of a sleeping giant relative to the area Uh, And obviously, um, you know, a lot of potential there, new stadium, great school, all of that uh, in in a big metro or growing metro, I should say. So I think it's fascinating. And I think that's going to be a trend going forward. We've seen it work so well with other coaches in that same vein, right? NFL experience, TV coaching at the youth levels. I mean, Deion Sanders comes to mind as soon as I say all those words. So, yeah, I think it's a great outside the box hire and it it could be a, a high risk, high reward deal for the Blazers.
0: Speaking of Deion Sanders, before we move on, do you think it's Cincinnati, South Florida, or Colorado?
1: I mean, if I'm him, I'm probably Cincinnati bound, right? Big 12 mm. school uh, with with that footprint, that recent history, um, uh, be able to recruit locally, which is something you can't necessarily do at Colorado, the other Power 5 job. South Florida at the group of five level feels like it's stuck. Um, you know, there hasn't been a lot of success there despite – the location. Uh, I think out of all the FBS schools in Florida, South Florida struggled the most. And that's saying a lot, right? With FIU and FAU uh, among those schools in the state. So if I'm him, I'm probably Cincinnati bound, but will the offer come in? You know, uh, that's the, the biggest question there with Dion. Uh, but he, he's hinting at a decision here soon. So it's like a recruit, right? We're, we're, we're refreshing Twitter and seeing if he breaks his own uh, coaching hire, which would be the most Dion thing to do anyway.
0: Yeah, you, are you expecting a graphic like you get from the recruits?
1: Honestly, with him, it, it could be a whole video, a whole commitment <laughs> video to to his new school. I mean, who knows? Fascinating. Uh, one one of the, you know, he's he's going to go down as one of the trailblazers in terms of just. Going outside the box from an athletic department standpoint, and obviously, you know, kind of finding his groove at the right time of, of player empowerment, he's kind of a, a bit of a poster child for that as well. So his his trajectory in and of itself will be fascinating, just in the sport uh, overall.
0: All right, so let's get get on to the Ole Miss stuff um, that everybody is watching to tune in and see. Um, after all of the Auburn Lane Kiffin stuff completely blew up and just took over the internet for two weeks. Yeah, what What is recruiting like? What did that do? Any adverse reaction to that?
1: Let me tell you, um, the staff did a really nice job communicating with their recruits. I was connecting with Bryson Sanders' camp, Sunterine Perkins' camp, Marcel Reed's camp. Um, there was very little worry from their camps, despite all the noise. So I think the staff did a really nice job of neutralizing uh, a lot of, the chatter that was out there you know other schools try to take advantage of those situations particularly with Perkins who's you know he'll be on flip watch until signing day right you know until that letter of intent is signed he's one to keep an eye on the highest ranked commit in this Ole Miss class um, but I thought the staff did a really nice job of, of kind of being unified and, and nipping these things in the bud as they popped up including from Lane Kiffin himself which is is not easy to do when you're dealing with all of that so Um, the, The staff did a great job and the kids were never really worried so there was really no threat relative to that chatter which is just not what we expect anytime there's chatter you see movement in recruiting especially this close to national signing day December 21st none of it happened at Ole Miss I think that's an indication of Kiffin's true desire to stay there and the belief from these recruits that almost independent of Lane Kiffin Ole Miss is stable And it's going to be a threat for 10 wins every single year. There is a belief in that
0: from the recruits themselves. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. Um, So with signing day, December 21st, like you said, we are in the heart of flip season. So which candidates should Ole Miss be paying attention to um, for flips? Malachi Coleman, perhaps? Who knows?
1: yeah he's he's definitely the newest one right just mm. a couple hours before we started recording decommitted from nebraska the in-state school um old miss was among the schools he was looking at before that point but really malachi you know he he hinted at nebraska before he committed there and that caused some schools to cool on him because they didn't want to waste the resources right you get a finite amount of official visits and obviously those resources are coveted so Ole Miss, uh, Miami, a couple schools really kind of bowed out of that race when it appeared that he was Nebraska's to lose. So he did commit to Nebraska and Mickey Joseph at the time. And obviously since then, a ton has changed, right? Joseph is out. Matt Rule is in. Joseph has also ran into some legal trouble. So that looks like a totally different deal. So naturally, Coleman decommits today. And you expect those same schools to get back involved, Ole Miss, Miami, et cetera. The next question, though, is can the visit get set up right now? There's not a lot of official visits planned on the Ole Miss front, as far as I can tell. So how much can scramble mode, now that there is clarity with the coaching staff, how much can that lead to kids taking in Oxford over the next few weekends in particular? Coleman's one I would keep an eye on. I think Dante Dowdle in state is still worth uh, keeping an eye on. He was supposed to visit for the Egg Bowl, but they kept winning. So he had to play a playoff game the next day. The coaches didn't want their players making any visits. But his camp did tell me that he might get to Oxford anyway before signing day. Of course, Dowdle, top running back in the state. If you don't include Perkins as a running back, committed to Oregon for quite some time. But uh, both Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and others have really been working to flip him. Uh, Mississippi State's most recent offer as well. So depending on how that visit schedule works out in the end, Ole Miss absolutely still a threat to flip maybe the best uh, skill position player in the state, which is a big deal in Mississippi, as you know.
0: All right, John, um, real quick before we move on to what's next with Ole Ole Miss, what do you think is better in recruiting? Would it be to go to the Las Vegas Bowl that plays on December 17th, or is it to go to the Gator Bowl that plays on January 2nd? Which is preferable?
1: Uh, probably the latter, right? You, you get the entire uh, allotment of the re- recruiting perks that are about to hit, right? Uh, on Friday, you're allowed to hit the road to see kids and meet with them in their homes, which is not uh, a part of the evaluation process. So that will be uh, a, a portion of the recruiting process that helps kids make decisions, right? Getting those final questions answered, not only for you, but your parents, your coaches, whoever is in your home and in those moments and of course as we just mentioned official visit weekends are going to be big here down the stretch so if you are in bowl prep and eventually traveling for a december 17th bowl that last visit weekend that's what 15 16 17th i believe now you lose that official visit weekend with your coaches because you're playing the bowl game so for recruiting in the early period that january 2nd bowl plays a little bit better you can try to coincide visits with bowl practices and kill two birds with one stone like you do in the spring or during the regular season
0: itself. All right. Um, So what's next for Ole Miss football and recruiting over the next three weeks? What do we need to be looking for?
1: Yeah, still a lot of skill position prospects on the table. Look, we know the portal's opening December 5th. That will be its own thing for Ole Miss, but in terms of high school recruiting, it's about a lot of the skill positions. Uh, Running back, as we mentioned with Dowdle, is crucial, but it's not just him. Christopher Johnson uh, has been Ole Miss or Miami back and forth, it feels like, for some time. Now he's going to take a couple of other visits. Penn State, I think, is, is next up, so that'll be interesting to see if they can get into the conversation, or does it remain an Ole Miss versus Miami battle? Kendrick Rascano's still out there, the former Michigan State. Verbal commitment, Ole Miss has been surging for him at running back. Oklahoma State, Penn State, among those involved. So between those three backs, Johnson, Roscano, and Dowla, you got to land one of them, you would think. We know receiver is still a big deal. Caden Lee is, is probably where that conversation begins. Now does Malachi Coleman sneak in there? But Caden but has been high on Ole Miss for quite some time. Um, but heavy heavy hitters in that battle, right, for, the, for one of the best slots in the country, Oklahoma, Georgia, South Carolina, UCF. contenders there so there's still a lot down the stretch uh still got my eyes on jamel johnson the former texas safety commitment we know ole miss has been surging in the state of texas in particular johnson as as soon as he decommitted from texas there was some ole miss buzz as he was on campus recently before that that movement so i think the skill positions are where you expect more high school um, impact down the stretch for ole miss and then obviously that means in the portal probably supplement it with, with some bigger bodies as, as we've seen Lane Kiffin do in the past.
0: All right. Thank you very much, John. And thanks for everybody for making Locked On on Podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports Today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. John, we'll get back together next week. We'll get an update on some things, and we're going to push towards early signing day and beyond, man. Sounds good, my friend. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Take care.